This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, we're back off another away win, um, a very important, never more than away win. Uh, Bristol Rovers, where uh, say to say a lot of a lot of a lot of things happened off the pitch, and uh, the Dons are talking on the pitch. That's to say um, for sure. And uh, Ross, you were there to witness it in person. But um, first off, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, better than last week. But uh, yeah, I've shifted shifted the illness and. Uh... I'm raring to go today. Yeah, it's good to have you back, mate. And especially as you were the literally only one of us that actually went to the cave on Saturday. So I think we'll be relying on your input uh, quite a lot throughout the whole episode. Um, obviously, Joe, you're also back from a trip, but to Germany instead of Bristol. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm. I'm good to break my streak, um, stretching back to Gillingham away uh, in the twenty in 2021. But um, yeah, finally missed an away game. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to the. We've, well, we've certainly got some. Uh, a bit a busy fixture list uh, in the next coming weeks, so uh, looking forward to getting back stuck in. I guess, especially yeah, if we're yeah. going to play like we did on Saturday. <laughs> if if not, I'm really I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, we've basically got. Um, we're not going to look at three games this week, but we've got three games that come up in basically the space of seven days, and obviously Oxford at home, um, Bolton on Valentine's Day, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, trip to Hillsborough. So three three pretty big games, obviously, and teams who. Yeah, all above us, all above us at the table, and all probably got bigger ambitions than us this season. But uh, yeah, as a proof, especially away from home, you know we're uh, we're getting results, so it's it's good to see. Um, and yeah, speaking of results away from home, of course we beat Bristol Rovers two 0 um, at the Memorial Stadium. And yeah, obviously there was a lot, was a lot of chat before the game about ticket allocation, and obviously the Rovers admin had a bit of coffee, I think, before in the morning and started to get a bit um aggy on that front, and definitely paid the price on that front. But I thought on the pitch, I thought we were, I was actually pretty impressed. I, I don't think it was a, I think where we are in the league, I, I think my, my issue with this team is that I always try and, I try my best not to compare it to last season because it's nowhere near the team as we had last season. And I know Ross will mention it later, but I think that's one of one of our better performances. You know, when you start the game within like with 90 seconds of, you know, McEachern doing a little little pirouette in the halfway, on the halfway line, playing it into one of the forward men. Uh, which eventually gets to Mo, who gets fouled in the box, and you know it's not the I think it's not the best penalty in the world, but it's just a job and hits it straight down the, in the middle of the net for one nil. Um, and I think after that, we really dictated the pace of the first half at the very least. Um, you know, we really frustrated Bristol Warriors. They couldn't really get going. Um, and yeah, the fact they didn't have a shot until the 88th minute or shot on target until the 88th minute kind of says how much control we had over this game. Really, don't get me wrong. I think there was a lot of. Uh, Shit, how was really this performance and Don's? I think um, <laughs> some of the challenges that I made, especially from Devoy and uh, Bradley Johnson, were uh, were very interesting. But I thought overall, it's it was nice to see. I think we've lacked some, lacked a bit of that from some of our teams over the years. So and I, I mean, clearly, you know, played a result in getting the three points here. But of course, Maxine came on and finished the job from a lovely finish. To be fair, lovely, lovely bit of composed finishing in the ninety minute to make it two 0 
and uh, credit to Murray to adding to his goal to get an assist also and uh, and seeing uh, Dean flying uh, flying across the Bristol Rovers half basically. So yeah, it was a the tuna win. Ross um wouldn't say a comfortable one, but one where we limited our opponent and uh, overall a, a pretty solid performance. Yeah, you said about obviously it being quite a complete performance. I felt it was probably the most complete under Jacko, um, t- the tenure of Jacko. Um, I felt it had pretty much everything in terms of at times we needed to have a bit of grit um, and composure maybe at times. Um, but I think the most important part I took away from Saturday was the um, the quality, quality in the final third. I do feel like... Um, we talk about taking our chances and we did take our chances. Um, but obviously, it all starts from obviously being ready from the get-go and coming out away from home um, with no fear. And I think, as you say, Bristol Bristol did struggle to adapt to that. And I think that was one of the reasons why they did give away the cheap pen was because they weren't anticipating Leco to beat his man and McEachern to do what he'd done in the middle of the park. And then... Um, at the end of the day, um, the defender, there was no complaints from them. They knew that it was a cheap pen. And I think that's something we probably have lacked in the past few games in terms of getting that first goal and then having something to protect. And I think that that came into our game plan. And obviously, um, a few people ha- did mention about the game plan. And I felt the game plan was to obviously protect the lead and then use the counter-attack and... It's a bit weird how you say, obviously, comparing him to like the Manning teams and last year. But on Saturday, I saw a completely different side. We look comfortable without the ball. And we have done for the past, especially against Forest Green, we let them have the ball in the last, what, 45 minutes. And we invited them pressure onto ourselves. And we're saying to the world, asking them questions instead of the opposition asking those questions. And I think that's that's maybe something to do with, obviously, Jacko. And we can play all types of ways but just going back on the game plan um in the second half we didn't we didn't panic um and they tried to go long and direct and i think the key part of this performance was a physicality for me um a lot of the time we have conceded soft goals and teams have bullied us in the box but fair play to that back line they they held their own and i think um they made bristol look a pretty poor side and obviously, we've seen what Bristol can do. They 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 have got some good results this this uh, season. Um, yes, they're going through a sticky patch, but um, again, it's it's three points on the road, and you've just got to give credit to the um, the management team for that. Yeah, that clinical can I can I say again? Can't say that word out there. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, Ross, that clinicality point is a really good one, actually, because I think, you know, obviously Kaiko had that chance towards the end of the second half, but I think apart from that, the two main chances we actually had be scored. So you can't really ask much more from our front three players anyway in terms of the chances they had another day and uh, what I did with them and what the Rovers players potentially didn't do because they had a few chances themselves that we could say we were a bit fortunate to um, see go wide or over the bar, things like that. But obviously, Joe, you were watching from Germany. How did you find the game, mate? Yeah, I thought it was, as Ross said, you know, it was fairly comfortable in a way in that they had all the ball, but we were very comfortable. And we, you know, they had one their first shot on target. When was it? The 88th or something minute? That that yeah. says it all for me, really. Um, I thought that the main difference was our midfield and we were really good in transition. But I think now we're starting to see, you know, Isa, he's had like, what, five, six starts in a row now. Um, Leco, he's had three starts in a row. Um, and Devoy, he's had, what, four or five starts in a row now. We're starting to see a bit of consistency with these players. And I think it all started with the midfield, to be quite honest. And we've probably been most critical of the midfield all season. That's probably been the area we've been most critical of. And the energy, you know, Magoma and McEachern, I think you'd struggle. You know, I know Ice have got a goal and assist, but you'd struggle to pick them between them two for man of the match, I would say, personally just sweeping everything up. I think McEachern had eight recoveries. Magoma had seven himself. So just sweeping up the ball when, it, you know, 50-50s, winning their challenges, winning their individual battles. And that's against a midfield that had, you know, Grant Ward, Paul Coots um, and Sam Finley. And so it's not as if it's like a, 
a crap midfield. It's a pretty quality midfield uh, lineup. And then, you know, and then, you know, Archie Collins, we spoke about him as well, and Josh Coburn. Josh Coburn, probably one of the top strikers under the age of 21 in the in the football league. And then Archie Collins, is it Archie Collins? Um, he's, I think he's, what? Aaron. He's yeah, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron yeah. that's it. He's up there for goals and, and assists this season. I think if you combine goals and assists, he's clear by a mile in League One. Um so to to contain them to basically nothing was really pleasing, especially, you know, when we went ahead, it's so easy to just sort of turn it in and just hold on to that. And look, we, we did, you know, take our time at certain points and <laughs> but you're going to away from home. However, we, we didn't just sit back. We were aggressive throughout, which I think was really important. Um, I think we also, um, we can just see with that as well, in the last few games, you think back to Exeter. The, the reason we lost that was because they had four. We limited Exeter to four shots in the entire game. However, in terms of the clinicality, you know, we had more. We had fifteen, sixteen shots against Exeter, and you know, only really challenged the keeper a couple of times. Um, and then at the end, and then at the other end, Jules makes a huge mistake. Uh, think back to the Shrewsbury game again. We had fifteen shots or so. Shrewsbury had under 10, no chances of note, yet they had that one moment where Jack Tucker makes a mistake. And I think, you know, if we can limit the mistakes, because in general play, you know, how the team's been set up, we're not conceding chances and we haven't for, you know, probably, you know, even if you look back at that Plymouth game, a lot of it was, well, one of them was absolutely awful set-piece play, but the other two were just, you know, decent goals and you couldn't really do much about. So, but pr- pretty much since the turn of the year, since Jackson came in, essentially, we've not really given up many chances, but it's when we, we, we've we just made silly mistakes. And if we can now start adding a bit of an edge to our game with the likes of Leko, Isa, Kai Kai, and then bat- be more battling in the midfield, which I think it's clear to see that we have been, um, I think that this is, um, I think we'll have more than enough to to stay up and, and, you know, maybe just start getting a bit of momentum ahead of next year. Yeah, I wanted to chat about the front three actually. Obviously, the mm. start of the game um, because obviously, with, with, when it's a four-two-three-one or you know a variation of that, and you kind of seeing little elements of uh, of Gagan pressing there in some ways in terms of the front three kind of going for it, you kind of hut back to football manager in terms of whenever you're struggling for results, you go to a four-two-three-one Gagan press. Sometimes you get some wins off that, but I think it is it is the real life sort of version of that at the moment. I feel like. Front three, particular ISO. So, you know, he got he got himself involved in sixteen duels at the weekend. Didn't win all of them, but that's not the point. He's getting himself into those positions and looking at his heat map. It's all over the place in terms of where he actually saw himself on the pitch. Uh, the exact same with Leko down that flank and and Kai Kai, which is a bit more central also. So, I think we're really seeing those three um, lead that press, and then Devoy is kind of picking up the pockets and. Um, either going forward or going backwards when uh, either McEachran or Magoma or Kai Kai Leka win the ball for him. So, yeah, I've been really impressed with that front three, actually. And as Joe said, uh, Ross, that the consistency of seeing those three play together now for, I think it's three games straight in the league, um, has had a positive impact really, hasn't it? Yeah, I think you can you can start to see that some players are starting to understand the principles of what Jackson wants out of his teams. And... I know of. Um, I think it was um, after the Peterborough game. They mentioned about obviously Mo not starting, and I think it was Grigg who started that night. And he was saying um, about the shift of obviously what Mo does off the ball, and that's what obviously stats don't show. Yeah, you can you can look at heat maps all you want, but we don't know obviously the the distance covered. And I'd love to see what the distance covered um, from that front three on Saturday because of all three of them putting a sh- put a shift in. And especially away from home when, obviously, um, there was only three, three, 300 of us. I'm sure we sounded a lot louder um, on iFollow. But, um, yeah, we're, it's, it's kind of, you're, you're up against it sort of thing. But um, I, you've got to give it full credits to the front three. But um, it's not just a front three. It's, as you say, it's you, you work as a team and you press as a team. And I think whoever does come in to... Other people will get chances. They're going to have to replicate or do similar to what the front three on Saturday were doing. 
Yeah, and I think someone that's come in and has actually replicated um, in their minutes they have got that sort of pressing style and it contributes to the goals when they can do is Max Dinjo. And I think he's someone who has kind of won the won the fans over in basically 30 minutes of football with that. Um, he seems to be a really impressive prospect. And as Ross mentioned, you're understanding what Jacko's principles are. He knows them like the back of his hand from his time at Leeds. So it's, uh, it's been a good start for him, hasn't it? Yeah, he's an absolute animal, to be quite honest. And you wouldn't have thought he's 18. I mean, he he literally looks like a child. Um, but when you see him play, he he, he gets about and he he's not scared at all. You can you can but you know, that's one thing for sure. And um I think with that whole front line, you know, you talk about hard work and putting in the hard yards. I just had a quick look. Leco was fouled three times, Isa was fouled two times, and Kai Kai was fouled twice. So, you know, between them, that's seven fouls that they've won for us that help us get up the pitch. And it's just things like that, like getting involved, not just shirking out of a tackle, trying to take on a man. How often have we said, you know, it's just sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards? Well, okay, we might lose the ball, but how how quickly do we win that ball back? So it's worth taking those risks in the final third because now we've got people like Devoy who's being used. It looks a bit like, you know, a bit more in his actual position. And because how many times did Devoy pick the ball up um, after we just won a challenge, and then he'd be charging through? And you know, okay, he didn't necessarily might not have had the quality in the final third, but he was really busy. And I know you know, you, as you mentioned with the heat maps, his his was all over the place as much as anyone's. So yeah, I think it's really good to have that option of Max Dean off the bench. Um, and then you think about the players that didn't even come on. You know, you've got Dara Burns, Connor Grant, who we've seen in flashes what they can do. Um, so I think, you know, the team that started on Saturday, I think that's our base now. Um, obviously, we've got Anthony Stewart, which we'll come on to. Um, but I think that, you know, th- this is the standard now. And uh, I think um, Ross mentioned, you know, it probably is the most complete performance we've seen under Jackson. And, you know, this is this is the standard. It's now about keeping that standard. Um, and if not, I think there's players that can come in and, and potentially make, a, make that difference. And Max Dean's certainly one of them that will be pushing uh, pushing the, the front line. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you mentioned about Devoy's heat map and actually if you look at their players average the players' average positions throughout that game, it was very much like a like a four triple two rather than a four two three one. You've kind of got um Magoma and McEachran sort of sitting on like the base of the halfway line. Then you've got Devoy and Leco just a bit more advanced from that basically together. And then you've got Isa and Kai Kai also a bit more further advanced. So it's interesting to see how um Bit like what um previous managers have said, you know, you sat you sat you set up a formation, but ultimately throughout the game you're gonna have pivots and changes to it. And you see like that game they went to a four a four four a four triple two and it, it seemed to uh, work quite nicely, especially from the counter attacking point of view with the the kind of half long balls uh, up to the lights of Leco and Kaigo who you control it and uh, take on the man basically. I mean we mentioned Magoma and Rakekran. Um I mean, let's be honest, they really ran the game, didn't they, overall, I think. You know, we mentioned about the elements of control and limiting the opposition and you know whilst it's credits to Tucker and Jules um for keeping another clean sheet and Jamie coming and the rest of the defence I felt for those two in particular really, really um put on a battle for us. And we definitely saw, especially from Josh McEcker and a player that we probably saw a lot of last season that we haven't much this season, uh, for me. Um and you know, with Magoma, a bit like Isa, complete getting involved with the duels wise he's got 10 and one six of them, which is a pretty good rate, to be honest, if any player in the league, let alone a centre midfielder. Um, and both their passing accuracy was pretty decent also, Ross. So, I mean, particularly on McEachran, he uh, had a pretty decent day, didn't he? And one one that we uh, we waited for for a while. Yeah, I think it was the McEachran of old. We said this on Saturday. And in terms of, yeah, he hasn't really been at it recently. I don't know whether that's because of he's been in and out of the team and, I think the team's been changing up and he hasn't ha- really had someone alongside him who covers the yards and no and that's no offense to Bradley Johnson we know what Bradley Johnson offers it's it's his intricate passing and he's not someone who covers a distance and I think Magoma compliments McEachran in that way in terms of he doesn't mind doing that dirty work and I think we've probably lacked that sort of players obviously since Kasumi left um we've we've always said it in terms of we need so we need so basically like a yin and yang sort of thing. We need someone who's going to cover the distance, and then someone who can dictate and control the play, like you say, Liam. But um, as I say, them them two at the weekend, I think 
I know I, I know I said it earlier, but it was more the physicality. We were winning the battles and aerial battles as well. Um, we we're winning the, the midfield battle and I think it gave us the foundations to create something in the final third. Yeah, I say we, we like to look at Montgomery even in against performances against Exeter really in terms of how he was getting advanced on the pitch as as you said, Ross, you know, getting the team up the field and uh, I think it's a perfect example of um, what he did on Saturday really. I think that yesterday the front three were getting forward also but Montgomery was the one that was really pushing the team forward overall and again that's the reason why it's again again he can hard back to heat maps but his heat map was all over the place from anywhere from the back line to the front three so kind of shows you um how all over the place he is really and i think as well you mentioned about how um you know the midfield and it wasn't as if we were just sitting back as, as such because um I, I was just looking at our heat map and the the our central midfielders um, Magomer and McEachran are pretty much on the halfway line. Yeah. And that's pretty much the average position of those Bristol Bristol Rovers midfielders. So for all of Bristol Rovers' play, we managed to push, and this is the full team as well, I would say, you know, we managed to make sure that then, you know, it's not as if they're camped in our half, that a lot of the play was around in and around the halfway line. There was very rare that they were, you know, in the final third, getting in behind. We kind of just kept them at arm's length. And I think it's because, you know, McEachran, he showed that, he showed a bit of a physical side to him, perhaps not the legs. And, uh, you know, he did come off in the end, didn't he? He did get, when, when did he get substituted? The um, 70th minute. Yeah, so there you go. So, and, and Jackson said so many times, he'd rather have 70 minutes of someone at their absolute maximum rather than someone trying to just get through the 90 minutes. And uh, Johnson came on for him and he certainly yeah. didn't uh, he didn't waste any time in get making his presence known but <laughs> Johnson he he had five jewels and, and he had, no yeah he yeah. had five jewels and won three of them yeah, yeah. and he, you know he, he committed a foul he had a few passes he set up a shot and he had a shot on target himself as well so you know he, he was it's just you know it's really good play and you know Magoma I think you know we can tell that he's got the legs on him and he can go for 90 minutes. He's a young kid and he, he can do that. Josh McEachran and Bradley Johnson, I think them two are going to, you know, swap around here and there. But yeah, really pleasing to see that bit of aggression in McEachran's play. It was sort of like he, he almost took the game by the scruff of the neck and the only other time I can really think of him doing it was maybe Oxford away. Um, and uh, well, we're playing Oxford this weekend. So, uh, I mean, I'll take a repeat of that. Yeah, we'll get on to that game later on. And I mean, speaking of, um, you know, Stadium MK and Oxford on Saturday, you know, I mean, Joe, how do we carry this away form to Stadium MK? Because it is well documented now that we are the worst home team in the league. We haven't won a Saturday 3pm game in a long time. So is there any keys to you in terms of like getting that form transferred over or carrying that momentum on? Well, I think... um almost what's been happening to us at home is basically what's been what we did Bristol Rovers on Saturday in terms of you know a lot of the time we have more of the ball we create a lot of pretty good chances but not amazing chances and we give up basically nothing however the difference I would say is in the last sort of three games four games at home we have been by far the better team however we have just made some huge mistakes and given up some really cheap goals um, and then along with that, we've just not been clinical whatsoever. We've offered threats. However, now is the time to be clinical. And I think maybe, you know, with the likes of Leco and Isa sort of starting to warm up a little bit, um, Devoy, more runs into the box, please. Um, we've not we've not seen a midfielder really sort of get into the box and, you know, throw him, you know, help. last season we had, you know, Matt O'Reilly and then, and then you add, you know, um, other goals from midfield and people, you know, making that 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 dash into the into the box late on. And we haven't really had that um, this season. So I think having, uh, you know, a bit more of a concise front front line, and also I think the quality is better in that front line. I think that's going to really help us moving forward and con convert those um, those games where we've been the better team at home but we just haven't made the most of our chances and we've really been crap 
in moment in a moment or two, which has ultimately cost us. I mean, how do you see it, Ross, in terms of getting that away to home form, sort of evening out a bit? Um, I don't think there's there's anything you can pinpoint, but I think away from home, especially on Saturday, like I think all the eyes are on Bristol to do something because obviously their recent result against Morecambe, them getting pumped, I think it was 5-1. I think they needed a reaction more than anything, so the pressure wasn't on us as such. And I think it gave the players a freedom to play. But at home, I'm not saying that um, obviously um, results ha- have been better, but I think that you can clearly see that there's, there's been, there has been progress. And that that there's glimmers in that. It's just a case of instead of making it like what 30, 40 minute spells where we we're on top, we need to take our chances as you say, but sustain that for ninety minutes. And I think that's easier said than done. But I think it all goes on confidence and momentum. And I'm hoping we can take advantage of obviously three points on Saturday, and go into this weekend's clash against Oxford. And take all that momentum and um, confidence, because obviously Mo, yeah, he missed chances against Exeter. Obviously, um, fair play to him for stepping up on that penalty and obviously scoring it. His confidence is going to be high, and let's just hope the rest of the teams follows because of um, there definitely was a positive performance in there on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure that can get an early lead for them, gave them a lot of confidence and composure um, to go on to the rest of the game. So it probably helps out quite a lot of obviously not not getting a an early goal conceded or getting on getting an early goal scored in terms of working both ways. In terms of obviously getting an early goal, you get more confidence and not conceding early gives you the chance to build on. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they can. That'd be nice. Nice to see a home win on a, on a three pm on a Saturday for once. Uh, hasn't happened in a long time. Right, lads, obviously myself and Joe obviously uh, did our player ratings for the halfway point of the season for defenders and goalkeepers last episode. Uh, today, we're going to do midfielders and forwards. Um, obviously, it may look like there's a lot of players there, but there's only uh, about nine or ten to go over. So we'll fly through them. Let's start with Ethan Robson. Um, I mean, without being too harsh on Ethan, probably arguably the most disappointing out of some of the, some of the lads in the squad. So probably a... A C minus. Is that too generous, Joe? I was going to say an E. Oh, bloody hell, all right. Same. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fair, straight fair, up. Right. I, I think in the last two games he's played for us, if he was playing like that all season, it'd be a B or an, a B or a, a C. However, he is he's failed to impress in um in 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 any sort of you know cup games where the likes of Dawson Devoy and Dara Burns and Matt Dennis they've all fr- thrived. Um, more than likely, he was. He's on a first team wage. He's expected to be started week in, week out, and he's he's just not been doing that. Um, I think I I really struggled to give him any higher than a, a D. So yeah. I'm going E for me yeah, first. But 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 I would just caveat that with we've seen a lot of improvement in the last two games before his injury. So I would very much you know by the end of the season it could be a, a, a par season. Yeah, and obviously Ross gave um, Ethan an E also. Yeah, Bradley Johnson, next midfielder, um, arguably the most marmite player in the squad. I think there's a lot of lot of love and a lot of hate for him. Um, I think it's only right he gets to see on that front. To be honest, obviously he's he scored quite a few goals this season, some important goals, um, and also he's had some absolutely atrocious performances. Ross, so let's hear your grade on him. Um, yeah, I think I'm going low C, um, high D maybe. Um, as you say, he's he's. Port Vale, he won us single-handedly that game through them two strikes. Um, and then obviously Charlton had that free kick. So he has had glimmers of uh, or moments where he has produced, but I don't feel like he's done that on a consistent basis. Um, and that's not really through fault of his own. I just feel like he's probably been exposed um, in the formation a bit too much. And I think um, opposition have found that out and they've took advantage of that. So, um, yeah. I've I've given him a, a low C. What do you reckon, Joe? Yeah, with with Bradley Johnson, it goes from an A star to an F week to week, essentially. Um, so I think if you average that out, and look, let's be fair, at the start of the season, he was basically the only player capable of doing anything positive for us, whilst also making us want to rip our eyeballs out. Um, and he's settled down now, and he's steady. So I'm going to give him up 
a low B slash high C. Oh, that is high. Because yeah. really, who, would you name many players that have had a better season than him? Uh, I do have a couple, so... We'll yeah, no, there, there are a couple. However, I do have. I feel, I feel like he's his peaks have, have been a lot higher than most people in this squad, and I feel like, look, yeah, he's had some real lows, and in general play, we can question it. But you know, a low C, high B for me, a high C, low B. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of a player who's had um quite a few lows this season and not too many highs, uh, maybe apart from Saturday, Josh McEachern. Um, a bit like tonight, Watson, did he get a low grade for me just because I expected more, I expected more from him on a week-to-week basis? So he's going to get a D. And I think that's quite a generous um, rating, to be honest, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. As as with Bradley Johnson, he's had a couple of really good showings, but he's had a couple of stinkers as well. And he's not had as many good moments as Bradley Johnson this season. Um, so, yeah, D is fine for me. Ross, Brad, um, Josh Brickett, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, complete, I echo what Joe pretty much said. Similar to Bradley Johnson in terms of um, just just not a consistent basis. Um, he she's not churning out the usual performance like we saw last year, but I think some of that's not through fault of his own. Good stuff. And on to one of the Irish lads now, uh, Dawson Devoy. Um, I think a player who has kind of been thrown to the deep end this first half of the season. So, and has come out. I don't think he's completely sunk, but he's definitely swam in moments too. Um, he's got a B minus for me. Um, obviously he's got four assists across the across the board across competitions, and I think now he's actually playing his proper position. We're actually seeing a player there who can actually do decent stuff for us. So I think a B minus is one of my higher grades and one of the more deserved ones. I don't know what you think about it, all, Ross. I completely agree. I I think B minus is a more than fair enough um, grade. I think you've just got to put a bit of perspective on the situation in terms of. He has moved his whole life over here and I feel like, yeah, every young player is going to have their struggles. I feel like he's took it very well and, um, yeah, he's he, he is contributing to the to the season. But at the start of the season, we never thought he was going to be a starter. So, um, fair play to him and um, yeah, he certainly has been one of the, hot, the better performers of the season for sure. Do you reckon all that, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Straight in with a B for me. Uh, not even a B minus, just a B. I think, you know, someone like Ethan Robson or Josh McEachran, we expect them to be coming in on a first team wage and to be, you know, the solid players we can rely upon. However, at times this season, we've just not, simply not been able to do it. And Dawson's, uh, I think, uh, as you say, been thrown in at the deep end at times. So I think he's coped. Yeah, he's not always been, you know, 10 out of 10, but there's been glimpses and he's been solid on the whole, I think. Uh, yeah, the final midfielder, uh, sorry, final team midfielders. Uh, first one, Matt Smith. Didn't realise he had three goal contributions in the league this year. Don't know when and how he got those, but apparently he's got them. Um, with two goals and one assist. Um, I think we all thought we'd see more of Matt Smith this season. Don't think he's really done too much apart from those goal contributions. So, um, I guess a D, Ross. I don't know what you're thinking on that one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think D is probably a reasonable. Um, he showed glimpses of what he can do, but again. Um, just through other players probably performing um, better than him in that area have um, have basically um, secluded him out, out the, the whole team and again we I think Jacko men- mentioned it what last game week in terms of everyone's fighting for their place and if Smith wants to get back into this team he's got to take every opportunity he gets at this moment yeah, final one, uh, Connor Grant. Um, again, a player we've not seen a lot of really this year. Um, I know he started 10 games, but it's a fair similar story for me to Matt Smith. Um, gets a D. Um, I think he, I think he's there's something there. I'm not sure he's found the right position yet, and that's definitely harmed him overall. But I think, I think there's a chance we see more of him to close the season once he's finally out that position. But again, it's, it's there's a lot of change for him. So, and he's his first season at the Don. So, Hopefully, we'll see a bit more from him moving forward. Um, Forward-wise, let's start with Nathan Holland, um, a player who obviously we saw in pre-season. Um, of course, bang one top bins against Rushton, which we thought, oh, got a player here. Uh, <laughs> since then, got injured, came back, has looked okay. Now has seen it seemed to be a spot taken over by um, Kai Kai on the wing. Um, I think I think a C minus for me. I don't think I think I don't think he deserves a, a, a D rating. I think he's been better than that, but I, Joe, I don't think it's 
it's much higher than that for me. No, it's a D for me. Um, I, I just think, you know, you look at the goal contributions and actually what what has he affected in the final third? Not much. Um, he's been lively. You can tell there's something there. However, you know, that something needs to be, you know, tangible. It can't just be, oh, oh, but, you know, it's, we, I think we're nearly there with him. But I think so far this season, it's, you know, where we didn't see him for basically uh, two months. And then he came back and he looked lively, but he's he's not been able to, in my mind, completely, well, he's not tied that spot down because we've looked to reinforce it in the winger position. So, yeah, I, he's been below par, but I think there is something there for sure. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Dara Burns is next, a player who hasn't seen much of league action, really, only starting four games this year. Um, I see a lot of cup action. I obviously had the game against Watford and I think a few others really in, in the league trophy. Uh, C plus for me, I think. I think he's had a decent start to his Don's career. I could tell he's been he's been injured for periods also and he's come back and looks in pretty decent shape actually and hopefully we'll see some more minutes from him. It seems to be um, a player that Jacko actually quite likes. Um, Ross, what do you reckon for him? I'm a bit undecided on this one because of obviously we've only seen glimpses of him so it's it's so hard to gauge and to put him on a similar level to what other other people like McEachran's level would be quite unfair because of obviously he hasn't had as many minutes. Yes. Fair. So I'll probably go D. Um, there's as you say that he he's very raw and you can see that he's got he he definitely has potential in in him. It's just a case of unlocking that. And I think I think personally, if if I had it my own way. Um, a loan option definitely would be the best shout for him next year um, if he wants to obviously get in this team further on. Yeah, I think he's got to fight his hands trying to get Leco's spot on that team for sure. But um, yeah, I'd be keen to see him get back to full fitness and see how he does at the end of the year. Uh, final two strikers, obviously Mo. Um, he scored goals this season. Obviously, he's been injured, so not that many. But, you know, 11, six goal contributions in in uh, fifth Sorry, 11 starts, sorry, is, is pretty decent in the league. Um, of course, we know the quality that Mo has. Um, and if he continues on that pace, you know, he's going to be on course for around 15, 20, 15, 20 goals in the goal contribution in the year. So that's kind of, in a traditional sense, what you want from your strikers. Um, I think, yeah, again, he's he's not done, not done terribly for me. I'll probably give him a C plus again. Um, and... Then, yeah, finally, uh, Will Grigg to end it off on a fantastic note. Uh, a player who's started 17 games for us, you know, five goals. So a goal every, just have a goal every three games. Um, Joe, before you head off and uh, go do some business for yourself, what, what would you say for Will Grigg? Um, I'd say, to be honest, I think we all knew that Will Grigg wasn't going to be the starting striker. So in terms of expectations, I think you can say he's pretty much on par with what we probably expected. You know, he's not quite the quality to be a starting striker, but he's played games and he's, he's you know, took chances. He scored against Oxford away, scored the crucial penalty at Charlton away, and he scored some great goals at Morecambe away. Um, so I think, yeah, you can't ask much more from him. He's not been one of the best performers in the squad, but I think for what we brought him in for, he's pretty much done that. So I think he, I'd give him a C. And I think as well, Dara Burns, I think Ross was a little bit harsh with the D there. because yeah, he was. He similar- was. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Ross, but it's, a, it's that... the minutes for me. I don't feel like you can really justify a grade on him yeah. when the lack of minutes he has played. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. 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 Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, I guess availability is is a, a skill that players need to have, and he has got got a couple of injuries. Um, but yeah, I think um, Dad, you know, Dara, he's shown flashes of, of real real talent. Um, but yeah, he's not been as consistent as Dawson, has he? Unfortunately not. And final thing for you go, Joe. Um, score prediction for Oxford at home. Oh goodness me! Um, we love a home game, don't we? Um, <laughs> I personally think that we're going to dominate and not win. Um, one all draw. Oh, lovely in pedestrian. We love that from you. But we're going to play well. I hope so. so. I hope so. I think. Well, I mean, who knows? We could go the other way and just actually start scoring all our goals. And we could get Carl Robinson sacked at Oxford because I believe that not is all well in the Oxford camp. Yeah, I've heard not too good things about what's going on there. So, uh, yes, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Right. Cool, right. Thanks, guys. Then I'll catch you on Saturday. In a bit.
But definitely, when you look at that Don squad now heading into the run-in, obviously got about, was it, three and a bit months now fixed just to go till we uh, end the season in early May against Burton away. What's your overall feeling of the squad? And I mean, Joe did it last week, but obviously you weren't here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the additions. Obviously, what Jacko's added. I'm I'm always cautious about signings, and I'm always I'll I'll wait until I see them play. And it seems like Leko, um, he's he's getting better at each game as each game goes on. Um, and then Magomo, he he does look promising, and he's it's just a case of settling him in, and um, he seems to be adapting very nicely. Um, so overall, I I do feel like. The transfer windows, you can't say it's a success until obviously this season's over. But of course, in terms of strengthening the squad, I do feel like we've strengthened it. But overall, um, I'm just going to echo what Liam Sweeten said in terms of doing our talking on the pitch. I think it's easy to say, oh, we've got this squad, we, we, we can stay up, but we've got to get the results first. Most definitely, and particularly at Stadium MK, where we've yeah. not been great, let's be honest. Um, cool. Right, let's get into Oxford then. Obviously, return to Stadium MK. Um, for, I, think, I feel like it's been ages since we've been there, but obviously we had the game at Exeter, um, which feels like ages ago now, which is probably a good thing based on how we played. Um, yeah, Oxford are an interesting team. Obviously, they're struggling at the moment um, with... Funny enough, Carl Robinson's still in charge. Um, but there's definitely some murmurs going around the Kassam Stadium uh, as to whether he's actually going to be there much longer anymore. But, you know, they're not too bad of a team. It's probably a bit like us, really. They probably expect to be higher than they actually are in the league. You know, 15th currently, um, won nine of their 30 games so far this season, uh, losing 13 and conceding more than they've actually scored. Uh, away from home, they're exactly the same 15th um, and a very similar story. So... You know, M- MK might have a chance here, Ross, and I'm not saying that, of course, you know, listen, if you look at our home form, as I mentioned throughout this episode, we are shocking. Even if, you know, if, if we, we've got nine points at home all season with every goal we've scored, we've conceded 2.3. So we're not exactly well beat at our own stadium, but I feel like out of all the home games we've played recently, this is one we might have a chance in. And I'm interested to hear what you think about it all. Well, obviously, it's, a, it's I, f- I feel like it's probably our most important Game of the month, obviously aside Lincoln. Um, as you, as obviously all of our fans know, we've got a tough February, and obviously I'm I'm looking at this game as an opportunity, obviously to get three points. I know obviously the players are going to have the mentality to go into every game with getting three points, but I think you've got to be realistic. Sheffield Wednesday, obviously Bolton, as you said earlier, they've got ambitions to go on further in the league and compete at the top. So I think. You expect to obviously drop points or drop a point um, in them in them fixtures, um, but just going on to Oxford, I think yeah, it's definitely an opportunity. Um, playing a quite poor um, Oxford side by the by just by the comments um, after their last defeat. Um, but I was just looking at a few stats of theirs in the last three games, and the last three games shots and targets are two, five, and five. And then they're having shots of 17, 19 and 20 in the game. So it's a case of, I think we've got pretty much similar stats to them, I'd argue, in our last couple of games. But I think it's a case of just the quality in the final third is letting them down at the moment. And when you think about the players they've got, obviously Brannigan um, being linked with that big move, obviously to Blackpool, I think it was in the summer and then obviously signed on. Um, they've got Carl Joseph, ex-Swansea, or he's on loan from Swansea, sorry. They've got Billy Bowden, who I believe scored against us the last time we played him. Uh, Marcus Brown, Lewis Bate. They've got some really good players for this level. And I think it's definitely something, obviously, to keep your eye on. Um, but overall, um, if we create our chances and we we play like we did Saturday and we, as I say, in the final third, we click we can hurt this Oxford side. And yeah, they they do concede goals for fun at the moment. And let's just hope that carries on on Saturday because of, as you say, we do need points at Stadium MK and maybe this is the base to start picking up points. Yeah, we're actually very, very similar teams when it comes to like, they've probably conceded a bit more goals than they should have. You know, the date is just, they probably should have conceded about 19 to 20 from open play. They've conceded 30. 
Don's are very similar in terms of data, but they've only conceded 24. Um, both teams like control uh, the ball with them in their half and typically give it up to the opponents in the other half, which is, a, I think, a story that most Don's fans can relate to. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a very, very tight game, a game historically that's not got a lot of goals in it. And um, I think, you know, you look, even if you look at Don the recent games, not a lot of goals in either, which is credit to Jacko in terms of, I think, on the whole, how resolute release away from home the team's been I think at home definitely some work to do but I think going forward we should I think as you guys mentioned earlier we should really see how Kai Kai Leko and Ice are actually shining a fixture like this you know Oxford are there definitely to be get at they do like their set pieces but so that could be a concern for us in terms of how do we manage that because obviously the last team we played that like their set pieces um, definitely did their work on us on that front but yeah I think overall historically it's a fixture that we do pretty well in it's not the most entertaining games um, well, I say we do well in it. I think we do well in it in terms of where we are currently now, as opposed to results-wise historically. But I think we're in a good position to get a result here, Ross. So I think it, there's a chance it could be like a one-one pedestrian draw, like Joe said. But I, I always think there's a chance we get a two-nil win here and finally get that that illustrious three p.m. Saturday win. I don't know what what, what score do you reckon we'll go for. It's it's as you say, it's a, it's such a strange one and peculiar because of I do believe if we get that first goal. The team will just settle down so much more, and they, they they won't have to rush things. And I think at Shrewsbury it was a case of we were trying to push for the three points, and we got caught in the middle. And yeah, I know individual mistakes happen, and I, I do get that. Tucker obviously made the mistake, and then Jules at Exeter. I'm not I'm not saying people can't make mistakes, but what I'm saying is you can't get caught in between two minds. And if you want to go, if you want to hurt a team, and they are there for the taking. We've got to go for it, and I think that's that's the thing as fans we want to see. If we if if Oxford are there for the taking, let's just push it and let's use the wide areas. And we know Leko, we know Kai Kai can beat them, man. We know what what they can do. And if Mo gets in that box, we know what Mo does in front of the goal. Uh, obviously, people can say about Exeter and this and that, but everyone has their off days and. Um, Let's just hope on Saturday it all clicks for the front three. Yeah, so Bristol Rovers gave them the the perfect example of how to, you know, not only see out a game, but dominate a game and actually go on and get a second goal. Um, So, you know, on paper, it shouldn't be that hard to do at your own stadium. But, you know, of course, the guy's struggling at the moment. So it's our job to to get behind the lads and hopefully get them that three points that we most definitely need. Right, Ross, before we go, obviously, you know, the Dons is our priority on Saturday, but on Sunday night, uh, something else has popped up, uh, the small matter of the Super Bowl. Um, of course, both being NFL fans, you have to chat about it. Um, so, yeah, if you're not into NFL, you can switch off now. Um, obviously, Joe's an Eagles fan, or supposed to be an Eagles fan, so he's obviously going to back um, <laughs> Philly in this one. Uh, we're, we're a bit more neutral, considering neither of our teams have made it. So, who do you fancy uh, in the Kansas City-Philly game? So obviously it's the biggest game of the year. It's what everyone waits for, isn't it? Of course. Um, but I mean, if Mahomes is beating Joe Burrows with one leg, I mean, what what has Jalen Hurts got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a massive, I'm I'm a big Mahomes fan, and it's not even like I, I like the Chiefs because I think they, sometimes they can be quite arrogant, and you know how American football teams work. Um, but I think if Mahomes clicks, I think. They, they will be hard to stop. Yeah, I think I do agree with you. I think it'll be a, a higher scoring game than people think it will be. Um, I don't think the two defences, despite the Eagles' really good um, defence in terms of getting to the quarterback, and I think the Chiefs have actually quite, quite a secretly good defence also. I don't think those two teams will actually have that much of an impact on the game. I do yeah. think Mahomes and Hurts are just both really, really good, and I think they'll find ways to score points, and I think it could be quite entertaining, particularly first half, but yeah, I do. I do find it hard to see. Obviously, you know the Chiefs have got some injuries on on their with their receivers, but I expect the majority of them to play. And I, I do think you know, as I said, if Mahomes is beating um, Joe Burrow and the Bengals with like the backup tight end and God knows who a wide receiver, I like to, I like to fancy his chances against um, the Eagles with a, a maybe a more healthier, obviously a healthier himself. He's got, he's got an injury at the moment, but also a healthier wide receiver core who can uh, throw the, he can throw the ball to. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think I'll be watching it at a bar in Hammersmith, actually, just um, doing a bit of work also. But, 
yeah, it's. I think um, might be on the better Super Bowl side for a little while. Actually, I think it'd be a lot closer than people think, and uh, quite high scoring. So, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's the two the two brothers are going against each other, aren't they? Yeah, the Kelsey, Kelsey Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we split. <laughs> they've listened to their podcast in New Heights, but um, even if you are an NFL fan, it's a pretty it's a pretty good podcast to listen to. But yeah, they've been uh, they've been going at it all week. So, uh, yeah, I think it's um, and obviously it's the two youngest QBs ever to match up in a in a yeah. Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's a very very exciting game. I think I think it's going to be one matchup I might see in the future also down the line in terms of Super Bowls, but uh. Yeah, very, very good game. And I think I think I agree with Ross in terms of backing the Chiefs on this one. Um I know some Chiefs fans I know are getting a bit nervous about it, but I think they just need to try why, why why wouldn't you be nervous? Well, yeah, I think I think they've been I think because the one they won it the first time, I think it was for them it was I think they I think it's some of the Holmes injury mostly that they're worried about. Yeah. And that Eagles defense. But Mahomes doesn't get like sacked at all, really. That O line is so good. No. So yeah. I think he has plenty of time to find his players and I, I can't see anything but a cheese win really, but I can't wait to be wrong on Monday morning. And uh, <laughs> obviously, well, I mean, I've got, I've got money spread out a load of places in terms of betting, obviously gamble responsibly and all that, but yeah. I'm I, looking forward to the halftime show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rihanna will be decent. Our first, first performance in five years. Got a few yeah. um, sprinkles on the first song, but we'll find out soon enough what that is because it always gets leaked. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be good, man. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's this is the first Super Bowl in a while, which uh, we've definitely got two teams who could definitely outmatch each other and um, no one really knows what's going to happen, which is exciting. Yeah. A bit like Don's really in Oxford. No one knows what's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> we'll find out at 5 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> um, but no. I'll uh, I'll see you on Saturday, mate, and uh, I'll see you all on Saturday also. Uh, and until then, come on, you dons. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.